Tim, that never happened. Hey, how many of you guys believe that God is on the move this morning? <laughs> uh, if you're looking for a perfect church, you're welcome to leave right now, because we're not. Uh, guys, so thankful that you're here. Seriously, uh, you are the first 1030 service in our new two-weekend format. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you, do me a favor. Before you leave today, come find me. Let me shake your hand. Let me just say hello. Let me say thanks for coming. Even if you don't even plan on coming back, I just want to say thanks for being here and being a part of this on Sunday morning. However, if you do plan on coming back, one of the best ways that we uh, want you to be known, because we don't want you to be just another face here. We do want you to be known. And the best place to start is in a class that we teach once a month. It's called the Be a Trace class. Now, we don't do membership here at Trace, but this would be maybe equivalent to that if we did. And it's going to be taught next Sunday at 9 a.m. in this room, right on the other side of this wall. All we need to know is that you're expecting to come. We'll have child care for you. Uh, but let us know. Go to guest services before you leave today and just give us your name and information. That way we can prepare for you. And uh, this is one of my favorite things to do here at Trace because it gives me an opportunity to get to know a lot of you better. And it also gives you an opportunity to know more about us. And so if you're kind of in that church shopping, and I talk to people, it seems like every Sunday, kind of in that church shopping place, um, this would give you the best uh, answers and the best foundation to understand if this is a church that you want to be a part of. And so we understand that every church is for everyone, but we hope this church is for you. And so once again, thanks for being here. Well, guys, I'm often, as a pastor, invited into conversations and into situations where people want me to speak up and give my opinion, right? I mean, as a pastor, people want to know, hey, what do you think about this? Um, you know, what do you think I should do here? And I'm invited into those kind of conversations a lot because they want to hear my perspective and my opinion. But there are also other times where I feel like I should speak up and speak into situations even though my opinion is not invited. Because as a pastor, there is a level of spiritual, <clears throat> spiritual authority that comes with this position, and it's, it's something to take delicately. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. It's not to be abused. But sometimes I'm like, I, I feel like I need to speak into this situation even though my opinion wasn't invited. That's actually what our conversation is going to be around today, this idea of speaking up. When do we speak up? And when do we shut up? I'm sure all of you have had your own fair share of responsibilities uh, in your life. And sometimes, you know, with those responsibilities uh, come expectations. And so the, you're put in situations at times, maybe as a parent, maybe as a friend or a family member. And sometimes it could just be random. But you're put in a situation where you're like, man, I feel like I need to speak up here. I, I feel like this is one of those times where somebody needs to say something. And so you think to yourself, and you're looking around maybe, and you think, maybe if nobody else is going to speak up, I need to speak up. But at the same time, we've got to be careful because sometimes we want to speak up just so our opinion is heard, right? Just so people can hear what we have to say. And so we're going to kind of put all this together today in a conversation that will hopefully lead us to a place where we can understand when we should speak up versus when we should shut up. Because I bet, listen, I bet... Many of us, if not all of us, have had a circumstance in our past at some point in our lives where we remember, maybe you remember right now and you're thinking, man, there was that one time where I know I should have spoken up. I know that was one of those times where I needed to say something, I wanted to say something, but I didn't say anything. Several years ago, I was at a health and wellness store, and I happened to be in there with just one other customer, and the other customer was a lady, and she kept asking this young girl behind the counter all these questions about nutrition and different things, and the girl was doing her best to answer the questions. I thought she was doing a decent job, uh, but this woman wasn't satisfied, and she began, the only way that I know how to ex explain this, 
to spit venom in a way that I have never seen before, especially when it is completely out of left field, uncalled for. And she started telling this girl behind the counter, you're so stupid. How did you get a job here? You're so incompetent. You're so effing. You're a, I mean, it was bad. And I'm, and I'm watching this, and guys, I can't, I mean, I, I don't know how else to explain this other than I was in shock. I had never seen something like this happen, especially when the, the, there was nothing this girl did that would elicit response like that. And I'm watching this take place, and everything in me is saying, Aaron, say something. But I didn't. And I remember this woman, the one that's verbally abusing this young girl behind the counter, even looking at me one particular time. I think she looked at me a few times. But one particular time, she looked at me right after she said something really mean-spirited as if I was supposed to affirm that she was right. And I just remember looking at her. And even though I couldn't speak, just shake, I looked at her and just shook my head like this. Not too long after that, she left. And I went up to the young girl behind the counter and I said, I am so sorry that you had to experience that. And I don't always do this. I don't want to make myself look better than I am because I don't really don't hardly ever do this. But in that particular situation, I wanted to do more for that young girl because she was, man, she was just abused. And so I went and went to a restaurant just a few stores down and got a gift card and wrote her a little note that said something to this, something like this. I said, I'm sorry you were on the other end of someone who was very unhappy with himself. Don't ever let people like that define or direct your day. Let only God do that. Have lunch on me today. And I gave her a gift card. Several times after that particular incident, I remember thinking to myself, Aaron, is it possible that by not speaking up in that situation that you actually affirmed that woman at all? Did your silence actually affirm her? Because you should have spoken up. From that and a lot of different situations and scenarios that I felt like I should have spoken up, I have come to put this leadership principle in place that I now teach a lot of people, and I build it around this idea of silent affirmation and how this is what we have a tendency to do sometimes in our silence. We can actually affirm people that we don't want to affirm, and I would define it like this. Silent affirmation is affirming people's position or statement by not speaking up when confronted. Now, if you agree with their position and you agree with their statement, then there's nothing wrong with your silence. You're affirming something that maybe you agree with. But sometimes people say things and even do things. And by us not speaking up, especially if we're in that particular you know, setting, we're involved in the conversation, by not speaking up, it's possible that we're actually affirming something that we don't want to affirm. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to build a conversation around this question. When do I speak up and when do I shut up? Right? I think we all have a tendency to wrestle with this question at some point in our lives. But I want to be really careful today because what I don't want to happen is for some of you, and you're already doing this, you're thinking this in your head, I don't have a problem speaking up. But if you're not, if you're not careful, you'll end up putting yourself in a position where it's more about you than it is God using you. And so we're going to build on this one thing, which is this. Speaking up doesn't mean we use God for our agenda. It means that he gets to use us for his. This statement is something that the Apostle Paul knew all too well, but not because he got it right. It's because he got it wrong. 
You see, Paul grew up in this really religious environment. He was taught by one of the top Pharisees. He became a Pharisee himself. And so what Paul would often do is use God for his own personal agenda. But then Jesus. Isn't that the story for most of us? But then Jesus. See, he did have an encounter with Jesus on his way to a city called Damascus. And because of that encounter, he lost his eyesight, and he later gained it back. And maybe for the first time, you could say this, he opened his eyes for the first time. And he started to see that in the areas where he was speaking up, he was actually creating injustice. But God now got his attention and said, Paul, I want you to be a mouthpiece for my son Jesus. And I want you to actually go... And help people to understand that it is an injustice, especially with these Jewish super, superstars, these super religious people who are saying, hey, you can't be a part of God's kingdom if you're not Jewish. You can't come into the temple and defile our ways. You've got to be Jewish. You've got to follow the law at least first. You've got you to pursue Moses. And then maybe you can be in this inclusive club. And God gets Paul's attention, the guy that was doing that very thing, and says, Paul, I actually now want you to go show and teach and speak up that this is for everyone. That this is something that I want people to know that by putting their faith in my son, Jesus, they get to be a part of this story. They get to be a part of my kingdom. And so let me catch this up. We're going to pick up in Acts chapter 21 in just a second. Where we're going to find Paul today, uh, after he's had that encounter, after he's already been on this mission, and he's going and he's speaking to people. He's speaking up on behalf of Jesus. He's traveling to all kinds of different cities. He's planting churches. He jumps on a ship, and he's going up and down the coast, and we find him landing in a city called Tyre in Lebanon. And then he goes into a guy's house. Maybe you remember this guy's name if you've been with us through the study of the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 8, we met this guy named Philip, Philip the Evangelist, we called him. And so Paul's actually going to go and stay with Philip. And while he's there, he lets him know, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. Now, what you need to know here is that Jerusalem is probably the city where Paul is hated the most because this is where the temple is, and they now have gotten wind that Paul's that guy going around telling people that this is inclusive, that you can actually be a part of God's kingdom even if you're not Jewish. And so they hate him. And so Paul lands in this scene where people are trying to talk him out of going to Jerusalem because if he goes, he's going to speak up. Let's pick up in verse 10. While we were staying there for several days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us and took Paul's belt, bound his own feet and hands with it, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is the way the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we, again, this is Luke. Luke is the one who writes the uh, book of Acts. So when we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. Paul, don't go. Because we know you. And if you go, you're going to speak up. And if you speak up, only bad things are going to happen. Paul, what we're telling you to do is shut up. Verse 13, then Paul answered, What are you doing? Weeping, and you're breaking my heart. For I'm ready not only to be bound, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Since he would not be persuaded, we remain silent, except to say, the Lord's will be done. Friends, sometimes speaking up takes courage, doesn't it? Especially when we have people around us telling us to shut up. And it's not always our enemies. It's not always our enemies that are telling us to shut up. Sometimes it's our friends. Sometimes it's our family members. Hey, you just need to be quiet. We don't want to hear what you have to say about that. 
Some of you guys may appreciate more than others what I'm about to say next because you're going to be able to identify with it. I grew up in one of those families where we prided ourselves with speaking our mind, right? <laughs> Some of you have been there. Uh, we, we were okay about sharing our opinions. We kinda, kinda t- I was conditioned at a young age. It's like, hey, we tell people how we feel in the Pennington household. We speak up and we let people know what we think. And I took pride in that. I really did because I wasn't afraid, and I'm still not, but I wasn't afraid of confronting conflict and talking about hard issues and speaking up. But what happened in the process of that is I began to allow that to stroke my own pride and ego. I don't mind speaking up. I'm strong. I'm courageous. I'll tell you what I think. And I allowed that to come with me into my business when I used to be a business owner and even in the ministry where I'd speak up. And sometimes I would do it aggressively. Hey, you need to know that I'm not afraid to share my opinion. That's not of God. See, that's me using God maybe at times to push my own agenda when God's saying, no, 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 I'm wanting you to let me use your life for mine. Some of you in here right now, you understand that, don't you? You've been there. Others may be in here and say, it's just not my personality. I'm an introvert. I'm not that kind of person that will speak up. Neither one of those are good excuses. And we've got to be careful that we come to the table where God wants us to have a conversation today and understand that this is not about us. This is about allowing God to use us for his agenda and speaking up when he wants us to, but also shutting up when he wants us to. This may help you, maybe it won't, but I've created my own list as I've learned and walked with Jesus more in my life that I need to learn when to shut up better because it's easy for me to speak up. And so I need to learn when to shut up And I create a list of both when I need to shut up more and when I need to speak up more. And I'll share it with you. Maybe it'll be beneficial for you this morning. Number one of when I need to shut up. If I'm just trying to prove a point or push my opinion on something trivial, that's really not important. What I've learned to do and what I'm learning to do in those situations is just ask good questions. That's an opportunity for me, especially if it's not that important, right? I mean, if somebody's talking about the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, like who cares? A lot of Patriot fans this morning. Um, But I've learned to ask good questions in those scenarios because it it allows me to learn from other people, well, why do you think that way? Why do you have that position? And guys, that's empathy. I don't do this well all the time, but if you'll learn to ask good questions and seek out others' opinions and why they have those opinions, that's empathy. And you start to learn that, man, there's something deeper. It's not just the opinion they're sharing. There's something deeper in their lives that is causing them to have that very opinion. And you'll learn about people. And you'll learn how to love them better. I'm learning that. Number two, when someone is really upset or emotionally charged, I've learned that's not the time for me to speak up. Oftentimes, if there's already anger or so much emotion into a conversation, by speaking up, you just add more venom or you you add more fuel to the fire. And so in those particular uh, moments, I've decided that I'm going to be civil and try to settle the situation down a little bit by just bringing a spirit of calmness and civility to the conversation. Number three, when I have wronged or hurt someone unnecessarily with my comments or actions. When I know that I've done this, I've learned to shut up and just seek input and feedback. I would encourage you to do the same. Number four, when Emily says, can you see this new wrinkle on my face? No, just shut up. Just shut up. I'm not going there. I got her permission to say that, so just work. Here's the list that I've created of when, I've learned, when I'm learning to speak up. If someone is experiencing any kind of abuse, emotional, verbal, physical, if I ever see that somebody's being bullying, bullied, man, I don't know about you, but I can't stand 
watching especially kids being bullied. I'm speaking up. Maybe racism, we've just experienced this. Maybe if you've been watching the news, you know what's happening in Virginia. It's got to stop, guys. And if you ask me, the church should be one of the first places, entities, peoples, peoples that speaks up for others, especially when it comes to racism or injustice of any kind. I'm learning to speak up. Number two, when people, I'm sorry, when someone makes a statement about God that's untrue, some of you have heard me said, say this before. Uh, it's not that we're simply trying to teach people about Jesus today. We actually have to teach them to unlearn some things about Jesus, don't we? The things they've learned with time and bad experiences, things that really don't represent who Jesus is or represent what the church is. And those experiences have caused them to walk away from the church and walk away from Christ altogether. But they did so unnecessarily because what they're walking away from is actually not true to the character of who God is. And so I'm learning when I hear somebody say something, and this happens often, where somebody speaks up and says something, and I'm like, hey, that's actually not true. Do you mind if I speak into that real quick? And I'm doing my best to speak into those moments full of both truth and grace. Number three, I'm learning to speak up when a Christian is pursuing or embracing a sin. The big S word, let's talk about it. Guys, um, one of the things that happens, and this is a dance, this is a dance. One of the things that happens is in the church, and I've said it because it's true, it's like, hey, we don't want to judge or condemn anyone, but let me be clear. When you put your faith in Christ, there is a level of accountability that comes with that, not through judgment and never through condemnation. But if I know you, and I know that Satan has somehow sunk his teeth or hooks into you and enticed you with a sin that has caused you to make a compromise in your life that's going to influence your marriage, it's going to influence your faith, fill in the blank, I'm going to speak into that. And I'm not going to come and slap your hand. I'm just going to say, listen, listen, listen. This is not what God has for you. It's not what God has for you. And I'll walk with you, and we'll walk with you, and we're trying to create a church and a culture here at Trace where we're doing that. Hey, we're not just going to tell you what, what you're doing wrong. If you really want to follow Jesus, hey, we'll carry that burden with you. And if it's addiction to pornography, if it's your marriage is falling apart, all these things that we don't want other people to know about our lives, listen, 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 listen. We will walk with you through this. And I'm learning to speak up more because I've just watched too much devastation happen in marriages and in people's lives when they make that small compromise to think this sin is actually going to add value to my life. Remember, our enemy is the father of lies, and that's often what he leads with. Number four, last one. When someone says Duke has the best college basketball program, I'm learning to speak up. Or that kale actually tastes good. Or that Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the league. These injustices have to be... <laughs> All right. When I was in high school, I was either a junior or senior, I can't exactly remember, but we were in gym class one day, and I think we were playing kickball, I don't know, but sometimes the special needs group would come and join us in our gym class, and the majority of them would sit in the bleachers, a few of them would get in and play with us. And I remember one day, specifically, when they were with us, and our star quarterback, or not quarterback, our star running back, and I was uh, one of the captains of our football team, and that's an important point that I'm going to come back to, but our star running back... Uh, was dipping. And I'm from Paris, Kentucky, so dipping is like one of the five food groups. Yeah, I added one. And so he's dipping, and he's spitting in the cup, and so he's got a big cup of dip spit. And then I see him walk over towards the special needs kids. 
and I know what he's about to do. He's going to try to go get one of them to drink the dip spit. And I heard some people speak up, and it was one of those moments where you know, I mean, this is those moments we can identify with, which is, um, man, I need to say something. And sometimes we speak up. Maybe we don't speak up with a lot of authority or as, as much, you know, strength and courage as we need to. And that was kind of happening, like, hey, don't do that. You know, hey, kind of laughing, oh, don't do that. And there's a lot of things wrong with me. Like, I'm not going to sit, I don't, I never want to, like, paint myself as the hero. I don't, I really don't. But one of the things that God has wired inside of me is to stand up for people who can't stand up for themselves. It's always been in me, always. It's one of the reasons even when I was younger, I started lifting weights and stuff at a young age just because I wanted to be tough to help stand up for people who couldn't stand up for themselves. And so I walked over and I got in between him and the kid that he was trying to get to drink this. And I looked at him and I said, that's enough. And I spoke with strength. And I start, spoke with courage, and I also spoke with position because as a captain, one of the captains of our football team, he knew I meant business, and he backed down. I think I could have taken him, but he did back down. <laughs> Guys, some of us have a position or a platform that gives us more influence. But why don't we use it? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Why is it that sometimes we shut up when we know we should speak up? Is it because we're afraid we're going to lose that position, that platform, that prestige, that persona that we've created for ourselves? Man, I don't want to lose that. I'm just going to back away. Shut up. Maybe we think we'll lose our job. Maybe we think we'll lose a friend. And so those moments where we feel like we know we need to speak up, we end up shutting up. Why do we do this? That's something that all of us need to wrestle with because when it comes down to it, it's probably fear, isn't it? I mean, if we were to pull the layers away of all of this, what it comes down to, why we don't speak up when we know we should, it comes down to fear of some sort. I want to show you something that Brian Stevenson said, and Brian is a social justice activist uh, who is well-known around the world, especially in our nation, and he had this to say, about fear, a little bit different of an angle. He said, fear and anger are the essential ingredients of injustice. We need to change that narrative. So when I was thinking of fear, and I know you, um, I would assume you agree with me, fear is what keeps us from speaking up when we know we should speak up and it, keep, and it keeps us uh, or it causes us to shut up. But Brian says it's actually fear and anger that causes or is the root, the essential ingredients of injustice. And so I've been thinking about that because I wouldn't have gone that direction. And one of the things I did as I was thinking through this conversation and what I wanted to talk to you about this morning, maybe it's an injustice of itself when we know we should speak up, but we end up shutting up. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just telling you this is something that all of us need to wrestle with this morning. But I picked away at this idea of fear, and I think, okay, Brian, I think I know what you're getting at. And I came up with these two statements. Here's what I think he's getting at. When we speak out of fear and anger, we often isolate and discriminate. But if we will learn to speak out of strength and love, we reject and we protect. We reject the idea that any kind of injustice is, is okay and that it can be let go. And we protect the people that are often victims of it. I want to introduce to you guys a guy named Jeffrey Wigan. Jeffrey used to work for Brown and Williamson, one of the largest tobacco companies uh, in the nation, in the, maybe in the world. And 
1997, Jeffrey came forward, and many of you guys know this, uh, the idea of this. It's called whistleblowing. He came forward and said, I've got some information that I need to share with you. And he's a biochemist. He was a biochemist for this big tobacco company. And he came forward and he said, I've got proof that these guys are putting ingredients into the tobacco like ammonia and other carcinogens that we know that are likely to cause cancer. And they're putting those into the tobacco to increase the, the effects of nicotine so that you'll get addicted more quickly. Jeffrey came forward with this information. And as you can imagine, the arrows start coming his direction through the form of insults, and he's lying, and he's just after money. But then he started receiving death threats, and his family started receiving death threats. And Jeffrey had every opportunity to shut up and back off, but he didn't. He carried it through the court system until some strong legislation got put in place against tobacco companies. <laughs> Jeffrey understood that if he didn't speak up, that in and of itself was an injustice, and that thousands of lives were potentially at danger if he didn't speak up. Friends, when do we speak up? And when do we shut up? This actually brings me back to the Apostle Paul. You see, he does go to Jerusalem. He, he knows what could potentially happen. He knows the potential arrows that are coming his way. He knows that he's likely going to be beaten. He knows he's likely going to be thrown in jail. And it's even a good possibility that he's going to be killed. But he understands, I have to speak up. Because of what Jesus has shown me, because of what he has taught me, I've got to go let these people know, the same group of people that I used to be a part of, I've got to let them see and hope that they will see that the kingdom of God is now inclusive for anyone if they'll put their faith and trust in Jesus. That's why he died on the cross for our sins. And so he goes, and he does something that he knew was going to get him in trouble. Not only does he speak up, but he actually invites some Gentiles to go into the temple with him. And that was too far. The Jewish people drag him out. The Jewish leaders drag him out of the temple, throw him down, and literally the scriptures teach they begin to attempt to kill him, which he was ready for if he spoke up. Interesting enough, a Roman commander comes by and he actually grabs Paul, pulls him out of the mob because he's trying to bring some, you know, settle the crowd down. One of the things the Roman commanders were in charge of is making sure, you know, you didn't have these big mobs that formed. And so he pulls Paul out of the crowd and Paul very easily could have said, man, get me out of here. Like I said my piece, I'm done, I'm out of here. But he doesn't. He looks at the Roman commander and he says, let me speak to him. Will you let me speak to him? Let me speak up. That's why I'm here. Will you let me speak to him? And the Roman commander says, okay. Paul begins by just sharing his story. Let me get off on a quick detour. I'll come back. Guys, if you're ever in a position or place where you feel like you need to talk about who God is, who Jesus is for you, and maybe you're here and you're still asking a bunch of questions, you don't even know those, the answers to those questions. Man, we're super thrilled you're here. Keep asking those questions. But if you're in a position, just share your story. That's what Paul does. When he's given the opportunity to address the people, he just shared his story. Just share what God's doing in your life and talk about the, the, the messiness stuff too. Don't talk about everything just this good. People can read through that. So Paul gets up and he goes back to that time. He said, man, guys, listen, I met Jesus. 
I met him on the road to Damascus, and because of the bright light and the, the glory of Christ in my midst, I lost my eyesight, so my friends helped me get the rest of the way to Damascus. And then this guy named Ananias came, and he actually prayed over me, and I received my eyesight. And Ananias began to tell me that God's got a new purpose for your life. He needs you to speak up on behalf of him. And Paul accepts that mission. And so then, again, this is a different story. Paul's talking to this group of people, but he's telling them about something in the past. Then Paul actually goes back to Jerusalem after he received his eyesight, after he now knows the truth, who Jesus actually is. He goes back to Jerusalem, and he falls into a deep sleep, and Jesus meets him again in the deep sleep. And he says this. Oh, this is so big. Listen to me, guys. He goes, and I'm paraphrasing. Paul, it's not time to speak up. And Paul's thinking to himself, he actually gets in an argument with Jesus. We're going to read this here in a moment. Paul, shut up. Jesus didn't actually say that, but I, let's just go with it here. I do want to create, this is a total tangent. I do want to create a shirt one day that says, we can't say shut up. We say this to our kids all the time. We can't say shut up, but God can. The Holy Spirit can. We should say that. Because <laughs> he does. Often, I think one of the main messages that we don't listen to God oftentimes is simply, hey, just shut up. It's not, shut up. But Jesus literally says, Paul, it's not time to speak up. They're not going to hear your message. It's not the right timing. And Paul begins to give a defense for why he thinks it is. This is very interesting, and I think it's really relevant to our conversation. Here's what he says. He says, at first I objected. Who has better credentials? They all know how obsessed I was with hunting out those who believed in you, beating them up in the meeting places, and throwing them in jail. And when your witness Stephen was murdered, yeah, I was right there holding the coats of the murderers and cheering them on. And now they have seen me totally converted. Like, I got a new voice now. God, let me speak up. It's time. I can tell them. I can show them. What better qualification could I have? But he said, he being Jesus, don't argue. Shut up. Instead, go. I'm sending you on a long journey to outsiders, the people who are not Jewish. I'm going to send you to them first. And then you'll come back, which is where Paul is now. Guys, just because we have the courage to speak up doesn't mean it's the right time. This is where it gets tricky. I mean, if we're having an honest dialogue and conversation today, this is where it gets tricky. Sometimes we know somebody needs to say something. Somebody needs to speak up. What we're witnessing happen and transpire, and especially if there's a threat to somebody's life and there's, there's a more urgent need to speak up and maybe even do something, but other times it's not so clear, is it? Is this the right time to bring this up? And this is where I would encourage you to make sure that you're giving some space between you and God to help you out on when is the right time to speak up and when is the right time to shut up. I changed the end of my sermon today just a little bit because of what's happening in our country right now. And uh, if you watch news at all, you know what's happening and what happened in Virginia. And every time that I see it, it breaks my heart. And just so you know, I, I came from a very racially tent, tense area in Kentucky, this little city that I grew up in. Friends, racism has to stop. And if you ask me, the church should be one of the first people's that needs to speak up on behalf of those that are receiving the injustice. Friends, it's our job to reject any injustice and to protect those that are often the victims of it. 
Friends, we need to speak up. But it's not about the fact or even the reality. It's like, I don't mind speaking up. I'll tell you my mind. Here's what I think. And you get behind a keyboard and you start typing, right? I call this courage behind the keyboard. You get on social media and you let people know, hey, here's what I think. And and you do this and you start to say things that maybe you wouldn't even say if you were talking to somebody face to face. But you get this courage behind the keyboard and you say things. And you think you're speaking on behalf of God. But God's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. That's fear. And that's anger. We don't speak out of that. We speak out of truth. We speak out of strength. And we speak out of love. Friends, I want us to be a church that speaks up. But not outside of the will of God. I want us to be a church that uses things like social medias. To get on there and let people know that are even thousands of miles away in Virginia. Know that they have our support. But I want you to speak from a position of strength and love, not using God to push your agenda, but allowing God to use you to push his. Here's what I want to do. I want us, I want us to pray. And I want to share with you a prayer that I've been teaching my kids. And I'm going to change it a little bit and allow it to be a prayer. Maybe you can adopt it and pray it in your own life. Maybe it's a prayer you pray uh, this morning during our response time. But the prayer that I've taught my kids is simply this. God, show me the right things to do and give me the courage to do it. I mean, isn't that what we need for our kids today, all the things that they're up against? And so I've taught my kids, man, just say this prayer and mean it. And this is what it means and helping them to understand it. God, show me the right things to do and then give me the courage to do it. But for our conversation today, I've changed it a little bit. And instead, let's say it this way. God, give me the right words to say and give me the courage to say them. I do want to add one small caveat. I would add to this, God, give me the right words to say and give me the courage and timing, timing to say them. Friends, will you join me in being a church that will speak up for those that can't speak for themselves? Will you be a church, can we be a church that will speak up when we see injustice, when we see something that's completely inappropriate and ethical, Friends, can we be a church that speak up on behalf of Jesus when God shows us the right timing to point people to the fullness of truth and grace, which is the gospel? I hope in your spirit right now you're in agreement with me. But let me remind us one more time. It's not about speaking up so that we can use God for our agenda. It means that he gets to use us for his. Let me pray for us. Father, I'm pretty convinced that right now there are people thinking, man, I wish I would have said something. God, would you allow them to not leave this room feeling guilty, but instead replace that with courage for the future? God, would you show us what it looks like to speak up on behalf of others, especially those that can't speak up for themselves? God, would you show us what it looks like to shut up And not just try to push our own agenda, but to take a moment and listen to you and see what it is, what it would be that you would want us to say. Father, for those of us in here that maybe take pride in the fact that we don't mind speaking up, would you humble us and remind us that this is not about us, it's about you. And for those in here that maybe dismiss this conversation or attempt to because they're introverts and they don't feel like they're the kind of person that can speak up, would you show them that this is not about them, this is about you, and you will give them the strength, and you will give them the courage at the proper time. 
Lord, we need your help in this because all of us would agree there's so many injustices and unethical things and inappropriate things happening around our lives. Somebody needs to say something. And we want to speak on your behalf. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.